Of 2013, uh, I'm Ryan, and with me, as always, is Matt. Uh, happy almost New Year, Matt. Happy New Year, except that we're pre-taping this, and it's not actually New Year's Eve. I said I said almost New Year, <laughs> um, and and I think it'll go up. So you know, for our most uh, you know for our, our our most aggressive listeners, they will still get it in 2013. Um, and for, for those, those in the who, mosh pit, for those in the TFT mosh that's right, pit, down in down in the scrum, uh, throwing those elbows and windmilling. Um, uh, with all their their hearts, you will get this in 2013. Um, and and for those of you who who uh, have a more regular or leisurely schedule for your podcast listening, uh, happy 2014 to you. Um, and in fact, you know, in the spirit of of uh, of, of new beginnings and of, of holiday cheer, uh, which we are still enjoying, before we go back to our um, humdrum work, uh, it's not the holidays. Lives. It's November. We're recording this in November. No. I'm j- I'm joking. Yeah. That's it. That's a joke because the qu- Christmas episode November was. Two, it, this is actually being recorded in November 2011, <laughs> um, and, and we know actually what music will be. Re- <laughs> we actually just Ryan. Sub- have you heard? I hear that there's this teenager called Lord somewhere in New Zealand. She hasn't released <laughs> anything, but I think she's going to be big. She's like 14. Hey man, she had a development deal then. You know. It's like- <laughs> You know, you know, you to to get Lord while she was actually underground, you need to like like break her when she's like six or something like that at like yeah, you know, Auckland talent shows. But no, this is not about us. No, and our, and it's actually our, new. It's actually New Year's Eve. Also, uh, what is it about, Ryan? This is about you, the listener. So this is our first uh, listener. It's not really listener feedback. It's a. It's it's. I think. Uh, what I would like to call uh, our total request taped uh, episode um, uh, of, of TFT. So since we started this um, current incarnation of the TFT podcast, um, focusing on pop music, indie indie pop, um, we've uh, started to receive um, some requests for albums and artists to cover from um, from our listeners, uh, both on the uh, the Twitter line at TFT Podcast uh, and in the show notes on OverthinkingIt.com. Um, and so we've uh, what we're going to do over the next uh, few episodes is uh, is digest these and do about uh, two or three episodes uh, a pop of synthesizing a few uh, requests from uh, a, a variety of RTFT uh, listeners. And so um, as you can see in the show notes right now, if you'd like to listen uh, to the music before you listen to uh, the podcast, uh, what is on the queue for today is um, – the album uh, AM uh, by the Arctic Monkeys. Um, the album uh, uh, the album uh, Ride Your Heart uh, by the band uh, Bleached, um, and the band uh, Kitten. Um, in particular, their uh, EP, which is called Like a Stranger, I believe. And so these are all 2013 uh, releases, and they were all um, they were all uh, requested by listeners. And we'll talk a little bit about the um, specific uh, requests. And I'll be, and, I, and I'll just I'll just add that I don't know if you got them on Spotify, but uh, I got on my Rhapsody account both Bleached and obviously Arctic Monkeys, and uh, uh, all the kitten stuff is on SoundCloud, so you can stream it for free from their website, which is kittentheband.com, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Exactly, um, and so this is, this is exciting because um, this is actually the first. 
for TFT. Um, so we're going to give it a shot. And um, and and I think as we see, uh, you know, from our list of about eight to ten requests that we've had over the last few months, um, I've tried to to group them, um, and so we'll we'll see we'll see how this goes. Um, and so to start with a version of our um, our recurring uh, uh, research question, um, Matt, I'd like to ask you: these Arctic monkey guys <laughs> with their pompadours and their leather jackets. <laughs> Are they for real? Are these guys for real? Um, yes. I mean, I, th- I think that the question here is, is, is definitely a, a, contingent, a contingent. Yes. <laughs> they are for real, uh, intransitively like our teenagers is fucking intransitively. No. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I like this. I, I sort of liked this album of the three that we're considering the most. And I know that we don't ever talk about anything as banal and as pedestrian as what we like uh, on overthinking it. But this is, this is the record that is most likely to get another spin uh, in my, uh, in, in my own playlist. And I thought it was a, um, you know, you know what I was thinking, honestly, I I was thinking, and we're going to talk a little bit about this when we get to bleached and when we get to, uh, when we get to kitten, but, um, there, there is a sort of aspect of punk that is a whole bunch of rage. That's, that's just sort of flowing out, uh, in all directions. Um, Right, that's just fuck you, fuck everybody, fuck the larger culture, fuck society, whatever, you know, whatever that happens to mean at the moment to, um, uh, you know, to the person saying it. And it's just uh, fuck everything, fuck everything, fuck everything. And I, I, I want to make the argument at the top that 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 impulse, though it's extremely compelling and, and a great deal of fun when, you know, you are locked in a sweaty tangle with a lot of people throwing elbows and windmilling and, and knocking each other over. Um, the, uh, that impulse is anti-artistic, right? Because art, art happens and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking this to, how's this for pretentious? Um, there was a, uh, a uh, an anthology of early hip hop lyrics of early rapping uh, lyrics that was published by Yale University Press, and this volume was reviewed in the New Yorker. And I read the I read the review, and the reviewer who's who I can't remember who reviewed it, uh, but the reviewer made the point that um, in this in this early hip hop there was a lot of there was there's a lot of attitude, there's a lot of posturing, there's a lot of sort of uh, competitive braggadocio and you know and shit talking, right? There, there's a great deal of shit talking, and it's all this sort of uh, this kind of rage and this kind of aggressive energy that's directed outward. And uh, the the reviewer made the point point that you sort of become an artist or an art form matures when all of that is sublimated and turned into a kind of in, inward striving for uh, for more excellence. Does that make sense? That yeah. that trying to trying to outdo yourself, right? Rather than trying to put the put the guy down and kind of directing all that aggression, uh, sublimating it into uh, into um, 
into work, right? And work on yourself and work on your own craft, sublimating it into cra- into this kind of aggression towards craft. And, and that's, th- that's actually really interesting, just to, before connecting it back to the Arctic Monkeys. I mean, when you describe that with reference to um, punk rock, it actually makes me think of, you know, the some of the differences between some of the major British uh, punk bands. And, you know, when, in terms of, like, the most iconic, uh, you know, the, the exemplar of the kind of outward rage um, version of punk rock uh, is is the Sex Pistols, and I think that that the, the career of the Sex Pistols and their kind of post um, Sex Pistols projects, uh, such as Public Image uh, Limited. Um, Contrasts really interestingly with uh, the Clash, right? Who in the first uh, the Clash's first album kind of had this kind of outward sneering, um, you know, political focus. Um, but then I think um, over, especially the next their 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 next major album, uh, London Calling, turned that inward. Um, and then and then on the f- following album, the the triple uh, LP uh, Sandinista, um, you know, still had these outward uh, concerns, but was really increasingly focused on exactly what you're saying of this kind of engaging with with um kind of you know besting themselves and and working on even better expressing this right so that you know that um and i mean i i love uh both bands but the um in terms of the kind of artistic project and the kind of um you know contribution to um some you know a the canon of popular music they they kind of come in and the trajectory of each band as a band, um, I think, differs in in that way. Um, and 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 so I, I, there's something that resonates with that with uh, its application to, um, to to punk. But so how did you kind of engage with that with respect to um, the Arctic Monkeys? Well, this was a long way around the barn to answering the question: uh, Are these guys are these guys for real? And and I think I think that of the three bands we're continue, we're considering today, this is the band where that transition has happened, right? Um, and and so I, I would argue that they are that they are for real, or they're more for real in a, in the sense of being kind of mature artists uh, than uh, than the other bands. If I mean, and if that's your thing, right? I, I recognize that I I have sort of recourse to a a uh, hegemonic discourse or to a value system to a sort of dominant value system that values that kind of thing, uh, and that's the kind of thing. I, I value because that's the you know the tradition that I come from. Um, it, it may be your thing more to to just uh, you know jump around and say fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, right? Like, uh, well, I mean, for any and actually any uh, listener of this podcast will know that that's very much my thing personally. <laughs> um, and, and so I actually I actually had um, a lot of trouble uh, initially with uh, this, uh, this this current Arctic Monkeys album uh, AM. Um, in part, and I actually, um, the Arctic Monkeys were a band that I was never really into. Um, you know, and they emerged in 2006, and when were one of the um, first bands that was really a band of internet buzz um, and of, of music blogs. Um, and so when they they appeared, they had a few songs and tracks that um, you know that circulated on. Um, a few music blogs and in um, uh, British music uh, press, and so they became quite big. Um, they went from being 
you know, unknown and extremely uh, regional um, and, you know, Northern England band to becoming, um, you know, huge nationally and then having um, major international uh, press very, very quickly um, so that the kind of their underground, their period of undergroundness um, was never um, quite very large. And I never, you know, by the time I, I don't know, it just never, um, it didn't quite ever click with me. You know, it's in part, um, and again, we've talked about this a little bit, you know, in part because I didn't know them about them at all before they were cool, then I wasn't um, interested in them once they were cool. Um, and, and, you know, you even had this with, um, this is reflected in um, Pitchfork Media's coverage of the band uh, as well, is that they... Um, you know, for their first uh, three albums, clocked in right at like a 7.5. You know, that, that kind of solidly, we're recognizing this is something that people like, but we are not going to endorse or endorse this, in part because they did not discover that, right? They, you know, that, that um, a lot of Pitchfork always, um, if, if the British press, if, if NME uh, or other kind of British music press break uh, a band first, then Pitchfork very much does is very not, very unlikely um, I would argue to get on board with that band. Um, but so, you know, so I never really actually listened uh, to the Arctic Monkeys very much at all. Um, and uh, and so I listened uh, to AM and 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 had just a hard time. I mean, I found it very slow. I found it very, um, you know, kind of generic, uh, generic uh, uh, rock. Um, and and I actually and I, I I couldn't even return to it. Um, and then, but then when we kind of decided to commit to really um, engaging with the listener requests, and and this album, and what we can talk about the initial comment um, was uh, was was requested and suggested by um, listener Julia Mathias, uh, who left a comment on um, on episode uh, eighty one, uh, the episode where we talked talked about uh, the Arcade Fire's uh, Reflector album, um, and I was like, well, and, and so when we decided to honor Julia's uh, request, I re-engaged uh, with the album and actually went back to the first um, Arctic Monkeys album, um, uh, which I believe is called, like, whatever... Uh, whatever you you say I am, that's uh, what I'm not. Uh, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Um, and and which has very much that you know. And this was recorded when they were approximately what 20 years old um, in in 2006, um, and is all very very high energy, like almost jittery um, in its in its uh, in its anxiousness. Um, and and actually was much more. Um, you know the kind of music that I tend to listen to, and to the, and and gave me more, um, much more to grab onto and sink into. Um, but actually, after actually reengaging with that first Arctic Monkeys record that I never really engaged with, that gave me a little more of of um, uh, traction on AM and pulled me in a little more. Um, and and I think what's interesting is that. It rather than it being like them departing from where they were, it's that when you it, what how AM sounds to me is, um, you know, if you take that ang- anxiousness and ang- you know anxiety and 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 occasionally anger of that first album and 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 its reflection in the kind of post punk, um, you know, garage rock ish styling, and then you know, and then and then 
pour beer inside it and you know, make it dr- slow it down and make it blurry and 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 heavy and kind of angrier and and sadder then you you get that right so you get back to pre-punk you it's not that you like drop the post-punk but that you arrive at the the predecessors and some of the roots of punk music by 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 slow um, and and I think that understanding it that way, and understanding AM not just as you know an abbreviation of Arctic Monkeys, but as you know as, as that time sure pre FM pre FM radio right when well, so that so that was how I first understood it. But then it's also that it's also that time in the kind of uh, uh, like you know. Uh, the post midnight, right? That those 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 wee hours of the night, huh. um, and, and and I think especially the idea of pre and post blur together, right? So it's where the night is blurring into the morning is blurring into the day, um, and there's this like cycle. Uh, so it's not just moving backwards, but but really actually thinking about this um, uh, in in terms of of cycles, right? And and, and a lot of these albums, uh, a lot of the songs and the music videos, you know, especially. Like, um, why do you only call me when you're high? Which really depicts uh, Alex Turner kind of drunkenly wandering, uh, wandering the streets and trying and drunk texting. Um, <laughs> and 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 you know, the, actually, there's a graphic of the clock kind of spinning forward. Um, and and that kind of, you know, that drunken smeared um, feeling is what really pervades the album and and is is the useful way to kind of understand it for me. At least that was my entry point. Um, but what is it that kind of, what else jumped out at you? So I, I mean, a, a couple of things. Like I I think you're right. This sort of throwback, look forward thing. This kind of like Janice faced aspect to the to the record, or maybe not even looking for it. Maybe not. Maybe just looking back because I know that nostalgia is one of the things that we want to. Uh, uh, that we want to talk about. Let me. I mean, I'm just going to pull up the the track list here. The first thing I the the first thing I noticed um, when uh, do I want to know um, started right? Like was how spare it was sonically compared to the other albums because I listened as we were preparing. I went through this album last. <laughs> I see. And so I went through the kind of wall of sound, the like heavily reverby, like, uh, you know, um, you know, slightly electronically enhanced. Well, more so in the case of Kitten than in the case of Bleach, but, but, you know, some synthesizers, wall of sound things. And then, uh, I put on the Arctic Monkeys and it's, it's a relatively, it's a relatively untouched vocal and like a guitar riff, you know, and the, the riffy, the like the riffiness, um ra- right the sort of guitar riff rather than like guitar strumming chord strumming right like uh i don't know gave it sharper edges and gave me the sense gave me the sense in which and and this this again this is just in the context this is sort of synchronically like in the context of the the music for for this episode and not not diachronically in the context of the history of arctic monkeys or their place in the larger uh, internet buzz genre or the, the sort of post-punk, um, but, you know, post-punk, uh, hipster alternative kind of, uh, uh, kind of genre. Um, 
it it reminded me of a kind of of a slightly less slightly less energized and yeah i mean slow you know down tempo right um we i i don't know which i could kind of i i could kind of use after a lot of uh after a lot of kitten um the singer from kitten throwing herself around uh the um the the uh, very very uh groove but the, but that it had the confidence it had the sort of maturity and confidence to do less you know to do yeah. to to sort of do a do a couple of of well chosen things to kind of edit down from all the sounds right to to just a couple uh to just a couple put put together and that that particular track builds to uh builds to a climax so it kind of layers in um it sort of layers in uh more stuff as it goes but when like when uh when i listened to mad sounds i was i was saying like god this could be the velvet underground or something yeah. like that right like this this kind of like extraordinarily laid back um uh uh kind of sounds and I'm, and, and i'm what i'm saying is that i sort of appreciated that within the context of um Within the context of, uh, you know, the um, uh, within the context of the, the songs we're listening to, but but uh, let me ask you something. I mean, this, the the subject of uh, of this record, right? Like, is it, it, there's a lot of like uh, romantic angst. There's a lot of sort of wandering around partying and partying in clubs and and my my feeling in my own life is that i am solidly too old for this shit (laughs) right like solidly and uh, even even when um you know i even when kitty played la in the great Kauai twerk rave of uh you know, of 2013, I was all set. I was all set to go. And my girlfriend was excited to go also. And then, you know, it was like 12 or one in the morning and we met, we, we were at a holiday party and we had to, we not had to, we stayed late with our friends there. And then, uh, we were going to drive downtown, but it was late and we may have missed her set and I'm too old for this shit. You know what I mean? And like, how, how, long can you stretch out this like uh this you know uh angst about angst about whether women like you right like or angst about like going to clubs and the kind of the kind of sort of douchebag lotharios with um what's the what's the line from number one party anthem with the the like the collar popped the collar popped yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, right the, like the the uh, uh leather jacket collar popped like antenna uh, yeah yeah exactly because yeah. he's because he's you know he's lizard like sort of prowling the the prowling the clubs for um you know for uh ladies and right when do you get too old for that shit uh i think that i mean i think in part the answer is like you know now for the (laughs) arctic monkeys like precisely at the point uh of of in this album right and and i think that but i think that the part there's a question of you know i think to to answer the question of the question of under what circumstances do you keep doing this shit even when you are too old for it, right? right? And I think that that's what makes it actually really interesting is that, you know, he is, um, 
you know, there's actually there's a great um, sketch on the uh, the key on the show Key and Peele, um, the the Comedy Central sketch show uh, that depicts LMFAO, um, and, and they are stuck uh, in a. It starts with a song. I think the song that the parody song that they're singing is something like "We Can't Stop Partying," um, but then as it goes on, um, it, it, uh, the the joke is that they really cannot stop partying, and they are stuck in a hellscape. Um, and and uh, at the end of the sketch, you know the um, the fake LMFAO commits suicide and then awake in the in the club once again. Um, and so, you know, in a way, and another, you know, it's actually as I you know explained that um, recalls our discussion of um, of we. Well, and the more kind of mournful or or sinister or or um, or sad, darker uh, interpretation of the lyrics of Miley Cyrus is "We Can't Stop," and and I feel like you know a lot of the um, songs in the mood um, uh, on 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 AM. Um, Recall an idea of being unable to stop, whether that's because of um, addiction, um, and you you know you see that either with respect to kind of alcohol use, uh, or even on um, on uh, do I want to know, you know, just this idea of kind of obsession um, of a, of a certain kind, right? And uh, you know that um, you know at the end of the first verse that you know because there's this tune I found that makes me think of you somehow, and I um, play it on uh, on repeat uh, until I fall uh, until I fall asleep. Sleep. Um, and so, you know, whether the, there's this obsession or um, addiction or just an ability to, you know, almost isolation, right, that, that comes through either, um, you know, being a professional touring uh, musician and kind of moving nomadically um, around the country uh, or being a transplant uh, in a new city, right, and that the Arctic, you know, monkeys are four British guys uh, living in, in Los Angeles um, and that, uh, you know, that this idea of, you know, you feel this kind of rootlessness that you might go out to these bars um, and, and, you know, engage in the nightlife um, in part because there aren't other options, right, and that you don't have those those other um, things, and, and you know whether, uh, however much or not that is, you know, um, autobiographical, you feel that um, you know that there th- these this person that there's not a lot of joy in that anymore, and you know because there were tales of nightlife um, in uh, in in the Arctic Monkeys uh, first anthem, but there's a lot more of that kind of um, holding call fielding right that you know you're all phonies i'm here at the club and you're you're a bunch of phonies and i'm for real um and let's like do it let's smash this shit up and but now it's just like here i am and i'm i'm just a phony just like the rest of you um and uh which of you phonies wants to bone me um, you know talking about talking about like we we go to these clubs because there's there's nowhere else to go right like really uh I don't know. I think that's a very that's a very powerful image, and it it like it reminds me of um, small town life, right? Mm-hmm. There's like there's one Dairy Queen. Everyone's at the Dairy Queen because there's one Dairy Queen, you right. know. Uh, and it's um, and it reminds me of of Chaim, and they're right there the the video for I forget the name of the track that it was a, mm-hmm. that it was a video for, but they're like riding their bikes. Uh, around and it's it's Los Angeles, but it's it's sort of done up. For, I think that's forever, right? That's the uh, video for forever. Okay, yeah, yeah. And there, there. That's not the the nature walk one. Right, that's right. the uh, it's the the you know one. And they're going to the going to the barber shop, right? And uh, <laughs> you know, 
know, um, yeah. doing their dance. And there's this, there's this sort of, there's this sort of throwback to the, there's this sort of throwback to the uh, 1960s, to that like that that brief instant of the 1960s. Um, that that madman has taught us the 1960s were actually like 18 months long right between between the 50s which you know stretched until uh i don't know the end of the the chatterley band or or when the beatles appeared on the the ed sullivan yeah. show or something like that yeah um yeah. And, uh, right until until 1968 which was a disaster until the like the round of of yeah. assassinations that sort of began the 70s and the the yeah. you know um that whole clusterfuck right. and, the, and the long, slow descent into the warriors. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. The gutting of, 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 of the cities and the kind of souring of fashion trends and, and all of that. Yeah. So, right. So that, that, um, that Heim is sort of looking back to the, to the, to the sixties. And, and actually we're going to talk about, about bleach in, in a second, not to get ahead of myself, but they're actually looking back to in, in the video for, um, for the single from their record, uh, the singer is like riding on the back of a, of her, her boyfriend's bike right yeah. and it's yeah. you know this could be this could be kind of and it's the open road right this could be the 50s and like the promise of post-war economic expansion and the highways like the interstate highways coming in and the automobile and there's there's kind of a, a throwback to that and even though even though it kind of celebrates like a, a, a you know o- the open road right the terrain a long horizontal uh, the long horizontal expanse, right? Where uh, the, the sort of the Western with the, the horizontal line of the horizon stretching from edge to edge of a wide cinemascope frame, right? And by the way, it's shot in like uh, 2.35 to 1, or, you know, it's shot in a widescreen cinematic aspect ratio and not just the TV shaped 16 by 9 of, a, of the now standard YouTube player, because um, it's letterboxed at the, at the top and the bottom. So there's, there's this kind of romantic uh, romanticization that happens as well, uh, and in the same way that that Heim's video is sort of Instagram filtered into the '60s, this this video is kind of black and white into the uh, into the '50s, and you know, and against that aesthetic, I would set like the aesthetic of um, or the Arcade Fire videos from Reflector, which are are sort of noirish in mm-hmm. in their sort of urbanism and kind of celebration of the of the vertical but but, but I digress the the point of this kind of throwback uh this nostal- this this sort of saying this phenomenon of uh we go to the clubs because that's the only place to go. Well, it's not, right? You're in Los Angeles, a major cosmopolitan city, right? And if you sort of looked outside the sort of uh, the sort of narrow, small town, the sort of niche towns that we all sort of confine ourselves to, right? Um, you'd find a whole bunch of things to do. But I, I wonder if there isn't something comforting in acting in the big city as though you were in a small town, right? As though, as though there were only a limited set of reference that you have to refer to, you know? 
yeah. that, and, and that you don't have to worry about all the all the culture out there that you can't sort of take in and and digest, right? Like, no, all all there is is you know, well, all there right. is it's is because the like going going to if you're not in the Kawhi twerk rave uh, neighborhood, going you might as well be like going to another country. Um, you know, if that is not where you usually go, and that's not in your you know circle of of you know coffee shops um, and and bistros and and butcher shops, you know artisanal bu- uh, butchers, uh, then you know the the quiet work rave is a, is another planet, right? Um, and and that you know that it, there is something comforting about that. That is interesting that a lot of kind of a new the newer urbanism um, and the kind of you know resettlement or uh, you know desuburbanization of um, a lot of um, American cities still happens at a very kind of at a neighborhood scale and recreates this type of small town or almost in some cases you know with the emphasis on certain types of like local agriculture and and kind of you know um, and like artisanal production of, of products you know a, almost a village um, type uh, economy yeah I just um, like to I'd like to give a shout out to Cognoscenti Coffee on Washington Boulevard in Los Angeles <laughs> to the Akasha Cafe in downtown Culver City and to my uh, to my girls the lesbian butchers down at Lindy and Grundy um, you you uh, y'all rock oh and the the culver city farmers market as well uh right like i uh, what i'm saying is that i resemble that remark exactly and and that like there is this there's this phenomenon but it's it's double it's double edged right like i i live in uh, you know you've never visited la where i live now but i live in a uh neighborhood called culver city it's actually a city it's incorporated um separate from from the city of los angeles and it it uh it's sort of defined by the the diagonal intersection of two main roads, uh, Culver Boulevard and Washington Boulevard, and the downtown area is. And recently, like within the last decade, they the you know business improvement district has poured a ton of money in. They've closed off one of the roads to uh, uh, one of the kind of little part you know um, limbs of the intersection to vehicle traffic. So it's now this sort of pedestrian mall. There are all kinds of uh, fancy, you know, fancy restaurants and also kind of the new trend of fast casual restaurants, mm-hmm. right? When, when Mark Bittman came to, uh, let me make a note to include this in the show notes. Uh, when he came to Los Angeles to survey the new, like healthy fast food options, um, which I suppose are akin to like witchcraft or chopped in New York. Uh, but the, but, but are slightly more, are slightly, you know, clearer in their, their identity as like forces for environmental good in the world and kind of healthier, healthier food. This is actually like, like clover in Boston in a way. Yeah, Uh, sure. Like when, when, so when Mark Bittman came to write this thing for the Los Angeles, for the, the New York Times Sunday magazine, we have one of every franchise that he talked about, in Culver City, right? And yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was astonishing. He was like writing about the neighborhood, you know, not a five minute walk from my front door. And yet there, there is, and like the, the Village Voice owned LA Weekly, the, the, you know, free alternative news weekly for Los Angeles has, um, 
sort of described culverization. This may be them or it may be like public media or something. I'm, I'm getting my, I'm getting my references confused. And, oh, and by the way, the, uh, I'm going to link to both of these in the show notes, but the, the review of the anthology of rap, the, the Yale UP anthology of rap, um, uh, that I was thinking of comes from Poetry Magazine, uh, not from uh, Jay- not from the New Yorker, which is uh, uh, even more pretentious. Uh, the New Yorker, uh, and it's by Adam Kirsch. Uh, the New Yorker review is by uh, Khalifa Sana, um, and, and uh, talks about Jay Z's Decoded. I'm going to link to that to that also. But, but all this to say, I may forget the uh, the reference for culverization. Um, it it. Uh, but, but it describes a certain kind of new urbanism where we must we must destroy these local institutions in order to save local institutions, right? Mm. Where the 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 third wave coffee shops, you know, are actually not the old, you know, I don't know, the old Mexican butcher shops where you you used to be able to buy carne asada and a lot, you know, a lot of that stuff. A lot of the actual products of these sort of multi ethnic uh, neighborhoods and these sort of New urbanism and things like this, um, right? Like, uh, actually excludes you know poor people or uh, right from from yeah, these yeah. new urbanism neighborhood centers. Right? You're not going to find. I suppose it's a good thing when you knock down the big box store called Food for Less with the number four and put in a farmers market, but. Um, uh, but but that means that the poor people can't live there anymore because who the hell can afford to buy everything at the farmer's market all the damn time, right? And uh, so this, this sense of authenticity or sort of new urbanism, this kind of small townization, this neighborhoodization of these, these large sprawling uh, metropolises like Los Angeles being the sort of most sprawling of all, I suppose, um, actually has a, a double-edged characteristic where you get the new authentic hipsters, but you actually... Uh, squeeze out, you know, the people who have been living there for generations, whose family-owned hardware store has been there for for generations, whose non-hip coffee shop, right, whose greasy spoon coffee shop has been there for generations, for which, by the way, see Naked City, uh, a book that I'm sure we're going to talk about at some point. Well, and actually, so what's actually interesting, and to kind of maybe transition this, is that it's, it is interesting that one thing that does come up with in the um, Arctic, in the press for the Arctic Monkeys album that we're discussing, um, is that they're currently based in LA. And I actually now wonder if, like, you know, it's not the case that you know the Arctic Monkeys are actually an example of kind of of, of musical culverization, um, and uh-huh. that, uh, and and you know that they are a uh, in some ways you know an invasive uh, species, um, you know, and although they may have you know been a local scene band for a while, you know they are now in all rights a big rock band, right? And, and the, the, that's a lot what a lot of the um, you know the press around this uh, this album has uh, has indicated, and even that was part of what was um, discussed in uh, in Julie comment who kind of described this as their as their comeback uh album and a kind of a a, a reassertion of that we'll, we'll link to um julia's original um comment in the in the show notes yep. um but it does seem like you know um into the you know uh musical and social ecosystem that 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 i think that part of why we grouped um the, our, our, why I, you know, why we why we grouped the Arctic Monkeys uh, with um, Bleached and Kitten is that Bleached and Kitten are 
you know, homegrown um, LA bands. And they're actually both, you know, different ways. So I think that one thing that we can kind of keep in um, in mind as we consider each of these additional um, bands uh, in in turn is um, is what it means to be an an LA band, both right. as a label and and then actually, you know, a what what that means for a kind of the creative and or and economic um, ecosystem for you know production of production of music and and arts in in LA. And so I guess to kind of transition from the Arctic Monkeys to Bleached, I mean, you know, what does if um, you know what you know how does how I guess how does one understand Bleached as an LA band? And you've talked about this a little bit already, but you know, uh, uh, how do you understand Bleached as a LA band um, in contrast? to the you know uh the arctic monkeys as the culver city of rock and roll right? <laughs> yeah what what neighborhood would uh what neighborhood would bleached be yeah you know i don't know i i um this is a record i enjoyed listening to but i i sort of uh i don't know i didn't i didn't hook in it kind of wa- washed over me um <laughs> Ra- you know rather than kind of r- rather than kind of hooking me it was sort of wall of soundy and not not particularly hooky uh, i guess in the pitchfork review which which i guess we will link to um you know makes the point that that uh w- w- makes the claim anyway that that uh these two women who who are the the uh band um these two sisters are kind of wasting their talent on a lot of kind of shop worn pop music tropes like like waiting by the telephone is one um whereas whereas it's much better like like looking for a fight uh you know is is a sort of much more interesting direction right like i'd walk you home tonight but you better steer clear because i'm looking for a fight um which is i think the only lyric in that song that they sing over and over um uh, I, I believe know. she also says, uh, "Are you crushing too fast? Because you know this, is, you know this love, it won't last." That's the only other lyric. Nice. I believe. Um, yeah. See, I, I mean, it's interesting because for me, so of these three, actually, Bleached was the um, one record, and Bleached was uh, suggested to us um, by um, listener and uh, you know frequent overthinking it uh, commenter uh, Chris Morgan, um, and he um, tweeted this uh, at us uh, after the episode, um, uh, the recent episode in which we discussed um, Chastity Belt. Um, that's and, yeah, and that's and that's it. Isn't that I mean, isn't that interesting? Like Arctic Monkey. Monkeys comes from Arcade Fire. Bleach comes from yeah, Chastity yeah. Belt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then and, and to just preview where we're going, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Kitten comes from Hyam. Um, Hyam and Lord, in a, in a way, because um, I think that was shortly after our first three episodes, which were in order um, Lord, uh, uh, Miley Cyrus, yep. and, um, and Hyam. You don't so, think Kitten um, comes from Miley Cyrus? Uh, let's uh let's get there uh we'll get there in a in a minute but yeah exactly that um and it is interesting where for me i mean i i so like i said um bleached is a band that i had um listened to a few times and i mean i think you're right that it had washed over me um um more so i listened to maybe once or twice earlier in 2013 when the album was out um but revisited it i think again after chris suggested it and it definitely is much more closer than either i mean i than either kitten or um 
uh, or the Arctic Monkeys to what I'm usually listening to. Or rather, I, I did listen to it and check it out independently, in part because the the two sisters. Um, in uh, Bleached, uh, we're also in a, um, uh, a prior LA uh, punk band of the mid, uh, the mid aughts called uh, Mika Miko, um, which was a band that was active in the uh, scene at the at the Smell, which is a downtown LA um, uh, independent music uh, DIY all ages uh, music uh, venue um, that I think we've spoken about before on this uh, podcast. Um, and you know, I uh, I had not seen them. At the smell on the on my trip to uh, LA in in 2008, but um you know found um you know found found one of their uh, CDs, one of their limited run CDs in the used bin at a record store in um in in either Silver Lake or, or Echo Park, I believe. I um, mean, this is a band that was known for, you know, I mean, it will link to some of the, uh, the um, one of the music videos and or interview with Mika Miko, um, you know, that one of the stunts is that the, the singer uh, Jessica, I believe, who is uh, um, the lead singer in Bleach, you know, was known for... Um, rigging up a telephone a rotary telephone yeah. uh, uh, uh through through a pa and using that as a as a microphone um and so actually the um you know in some ways even though there seems to be something kind of um trite or played out by waiting by the telephone i mean you actually in a number of the bleach music videos also see the telephone uh reemerging and i think what really struck me about the use of the telephone in these music videos and um in the way that it's used um in the um uh, in in the Mika Miko's live performances um is is you know the idea of you know, the chord because you become very aware of the chord right whereas you know the arctic monkeys um you're actually still even with their more retro feel both in their um clothing and in in some of the um um, musical styling, right? That both in the video for "Why You Only Call Me When You're High," it, like explicitly is using text messages and these little pop-up video style uh, bubbles to indicate the the text messages. And then the um, you know, there's another song on the Arctic Monkeys record, uh, "Are You Mine," explicitly uses you know text message uh, type. So that you know that in contrast, in Bleached, the use of these. You know, rotary cord phones. Um, you know, for me, evokes being tied down and being in being shackled to something, whether that is to other people uh, or or to um, or to the past. Um, in a way that I find, um, I mean, it's interesting. On the one on the one hand, I find it compelling um, in that you know, in the musical stylings, what you know attracts me to. Um, uh, uh, bleached is not really so much the wall of sound, um, but is like I mean the fact that ultimately you know because I you know some of my go-to bands are some some of the bands within punk that um, you know that the most directly kind of play off of fifties um, AM radio and like specifically I mean one of my favorite bands um, that I go you know, constantly I'm going back to is the Misfits. There's actually a lot in the way that um, Bleach you know the specific uh, chord progressions and song structures that they use um, 
is very misfitsy, right? Um, but uh, but again, part of what gave the misfits a sense of excitement and j- danger was that they infused these kind of um, the, this kind of bubblegum '50s pop sound with you know intense vulgarity and intense kind of you know sci-fi and horror um, and and kind of um, out there sexuality. Whereas you know ultimately, if there's is a limit to, to Bleach, it is is in some ways sometimes in the the content that you you feel it feels like a very I mean. Like it's a, a a a kind of pleasant thing to engage with, but it's harder. It can be harder to kind of dig into the surface or dig under the surface um, uh, further. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that that was my you know that was my experience, and you know I'll confess that I had kind of a limited time to to prepare for this, so I didn't get to listen to Bleach as much as I listened to Chastity Belt, for example. But it seemed like they that that Bleached was minus the the sort of gleeful transgression, right? That characterized chastity belt. Yeah. And that um that they were kind of the they were kind of the worse off for it. And because uh because what I've read, though I didn't know uh, a lot about uh about Mika Mika um is that that they you know with the telephone and the the you know punks screaming and you know um that they that uh, and some of the sort of more outlandish aesthetic stuff that they were that they were like that and you know i don't know i i like i that stuff i've always appreciate you know no exactly and i mean it does feel like there is a you know there's there's definitely a progression whether that is just you know age or whether it is you know a deliberate uh, attempt to kind of move to a different level so that i mean i think one interesting you know fact about the progression of you know from uh, from transformation or progression from mika miko into bleached is that you know mika miko was a you know extremely you know regional extremely almost neighborhood and scene specific band um then and in around 2007 2008 um had uh, you know started to reach um some pitchfork level attention and you know played at south by southwest um and then released one album um on a um on a slightly um larger indie uh record label i believe um and it was not like particularly well received in part because it, it didn't have there wasn't quite enough screaming um and it was not the screaming that was known for the band was known for in the in the live shows um but rather than kind of you know re- and then the band disbanded shortly thereafter um but rather than um you know uh, uh you know going back to um the screaming going back to the telephone they they hung up the telephone um <laughs> and and um and 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 you know hopped on you know hopped on the back of the motorcycle um and and that you know around the time that Mikamiko was ending um there were a, there are a number of bands right this is actually a like there's a mini um you know genre of kind of you know post punk girl group bands right so that um and i think the first band um of this uh of this type that um 
got a lot of um, uh, attention is a band called The Vivian Girls, a uh, Brooklyn-based band. Um, but uh, then uh, a number of West Coast bands like The Dum Dum Girls um, and uh, Best Coast is Best Coast maybe the best known one um, now. Um, all started playing these. You know, all have roots in um, in kind of in in punk rock and you know especially the kind of punk rock of the misfits and the ramones um but then also continue to tunnel through those bands connection to kind of 1950s you know kind of am pop radio um and then often do adopt this kind of you know phil specter wall of sound kind of production and a lot of um you know ringing echoing uh, harmonies um so this is like a thing of which you know by the time that bleach comes around in in 2013 has been happening for a few years and you know i think that where there is is you know promising bleach is where the some of the sheen rubs off you know and in a few of the songs um like on um I mean, even on like Next Stop um, and on um, um, uh, 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 Searching Through the Past, you, you feel like sometimes the sheen wears off a little bit. Um, and, and, and that's where you still see, you know, I, I think that um, for me, my, on my first few listens, I'm like, oh, well, this is, this is cool, but it's not Mika Miko and it's not even like – you know these other earlier iterations who were doing this, so um, I, it it didn't you know bubble up. But I think that where it is, um, I, I think where it is interesting um, is in an. I think it's just an interesting document uh, alongside um, Arctic Monkeys of uh, you know Arctic Monkeys who have for five albums um, and again you know Julia kind of traces this in her initial comment on the Arctic Monkeys they've kind of struggled with after becoming you know having buzz you know um, finding how to engage with that and turn inward and kind of find a voice and I think that it's interesting to see um, uh, the project of, of Bleached in that way as a first attempt to on the one hand negotiate an ability to um, you know ha- you know make a living from making music um, and yet still kind of um, you know express something interesting and I think that there's an there is an interesting tension there in that bleach I guess what I was kind of dancing around feels much more polished and feels much more professional um, and timely and, and managed um, and and you know that you see you know in the music videos um, a lot more kind of production of pretty consistent um, uh, aesthetic uh, and actually you actually even see some of that um, you know the greatest visual tropes of the you know 50s 60s 70s and today um, that are you know that you kind of see in Haim a little bit uh, but stretching a little further uh, back and so that there is I think there's an interesting tension between sell and 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 kind of you know and 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 kind of uh, you know becoming more marketable in whatever way that that means or to whatever market one is targeting and still doing you know creating art like um and and, you know and and engaging in expression right so i think that bleached is is an interesting point in their career um and and i think again um overlaps interestingly with like a band like um like purity ring or, or not purity ring sorry um chastity belt uh we haven't talked about purity we, that that other band about uh the uh repression of um uh whose name is about the repression of of sexuality huh. um the chastity belt um yeah so i don't know what what do you have any other kind of um 
um, impressions on uh, on on bleached or reaction? Well, I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking through. Uh, I, I'm looking through their official Tumblr, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 bleached has an official Tumblr uh, rather than you know an official website. And like mm-hmm. you know, I the. Yeah, you know, I as a day job build websites, so I I am sort of a connoisseur of these things. And right, like, so Arctic Monkeys is big enough that their whole thing is sort of a bespoke, uh, you know, custom designed, uh, custom thing that's sort of custom built. Um, Bleached uses Tumblr, and and Kitten uh, uses an Atlantic Records artist mm-hmm. website building yep. template. Yup. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I noticed that as well. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking. I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at this. Um, this Tumblr here, and and the fact that it, what I mean is that the fact is that it's a Tumblr says something to me about about the kind of band and about the kind of I don't know the kind of organic growth that they're going on. And I'm looking at their their uh, you know upcoming appearances, and they have they post posters for the the tours and things to the. Uh, to the um, uh, to the Tumblr, um, so Bleach will be appearing on the Weezer cruise, uh, right. February thirteenth, oh, Valentine's Day, twenty fourteen, from Florida to the Bahamas, headlined by Weezer and uh, and Cat Power, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. you know, they, they said it was just supposed to be a three hour tour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to create that, like that show that, like a, a bunch of like uh, indie bands, uh, quote unquote indie bands of various stature, uh, go on a uh, on a um, a promotional cruise and end up shipwrecked. And uh, you know, Rivers Cuomo's Island uh, is the uh, is is the is the hit. Um, man, I would watch that. And uh, they they appeared at the uh, the city of Costa Mesa's 60th anniversary weekend celebration three day festival of music, uh, which was put on by KCRW in uh, uh, in Costa Mesa. So it's like I mean that's it's a little hipper, but it's kind of a it's kind of a state fair. Oh look, and it's actually at the the uh, the Orange Country Fair and Event Center. I think that must be a typo. Uh, Orange County Fair and Event Center. Um, and then they're they're in their uh North American tour they're playing um let's see, oh the Fillmore in San Francisco and uh the El Rey. Let's see what they're playing in Boston. Ooh, not appearing in Boston, I don't think. Uh let's see what they're playing in New York. Ooh, not appearing in New York too. It's kind of a West Coast it's kind of a west of the Mississippi tour. Um which is sort of interesting, huh? And then, and then there's a uh, there's a UK and uh, and European tour up here. The, I mean, this seems this seems more like a uh, this seems more like sort of a mid level band that is really that's really kind of doing their thing rather than uh, and and sort of growing organically, uh, maybe both artistically and commercially, um, rather than something like Kitten. And we can use this maybe sure. as a pivot into into Kitten. Um, which seems like the you know the deeper uh, I really I, I sort of enjoyed I really enjoyed listening to the to the music um, when it was first suggested to us uh, a few months ago. Um, but the more I the more I dig into it, uh, the more I I you know the more it raises the question for me. And so let me put the question to you, Ryan Kitten, is she for real? <sighs> and I mean, you know. 
what what this uh um you know all, what this ultimately always raises and i think i actually realized this when you i asked you the uh same question of the arctic monkeys is well what is reality <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know kitten does kitten does uh nothing nothing less than um really start to tug um let's just say you know um uh, if you want to destroy my reality, hold the thread of kitten as I walk away. Um, <laughs> and uh, and 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 uh, what I, what I mean is that you know I think that what's amazing. Well, let, let me tell you, I think kitten is for real because this uh, Teen Vogue article that I read <laughs> um, really really uh, told me that they're the next big uh, indie band. And I, I, as a lover of indie bands, indie uh, indie rock in the city of angels, indie rock in the city of angels, um, and and. This is, you know, the finest indie rock in the city of angels, and you know, you know this, um, this woman, uh, you know, Chloe, uh, uh, Kaidez or Chaidez, um, uh, you know, her her dad was in a punk band, uh, in in Los Angeles called the Undertakers, um, and so that's pretty cool, and I think that she actually, even you know, when she was thirteen, she was playing some songs at the Smell, and I've been to the Smell. I mean, that's where Make Amico is from, um, and so I think that. I think that they're they're for real. I think they're gonna do it. Okay, okay. I'm linking to this Teen Vogue article in in uh, uh, in the show notes because we have to talk about we have to talk about this. Uh, let me read the headline: um, Kitten frontwoman Chloe Chaidez on their upcoming debut album. Plus, watch an exclusive video performance. Subtitle. The buzzed about band spills on touring with Paramore this summer. Where to begin? The buzzed about band, the fact that they're what that this interview, this sort of you know commercial media interview is uh posited as as spilling. They're right, they're they're oh, they're telling secrets about their highly publicized upcoming tour. Oh, are we gonna get the scoop? Oh yes, indeed. Indeed, before the interview begins, the the uh the lead of this uh thing says, um we talked to the band's front woman about what expires their what inspires their music and what artists she has on rotation right now. Parenthesis, she has a secret soft spot for R and B. What? What? <laughs> we also got the scoop on their stop at the South by Southwest Music Festival, an upcoming tour with Paramore. Now, uh, I'm I'm going to include a link to the um to the video uh, uh of the South by Southwest performance. It's about half an hour long, and link uh, deep link into the music video into about seven minutes in, where uh, you can see or twelve minutes in or something, where you can see their um, uh, brief cover of Purple Rain, which is just the chorus, the cor- chorus, guitar solo, and that uh, that sort of falsetto uh, little bit uh, run at the end, at, because. Uh, you know, I don't know if I don't know if the front woman, if kitten front woman Chloe Chaidez, which we, is what we have to call her from now on, um, uh, knows the verses to to Purple Rain. Um, so so she talks about playing music with her dad and singing along with like while her dad plays guitar and stuff, which is, you know, that's sweet. Uh, 
Oh, and and um, you know, it's that you know they used to play really lame covers like "Sweet Child of Mine," but then they would do covers of of um, songs by bands like. Midlake and and Sigur Rós uh, and really weird covers of David Bowie songs. Okay, anyone who shits on "Sweet Child of Mine" can eat a dick, right? "Sweet Child of Mine" oh, is we an- were doing so well. <laughs> Sweet they Child, a, they can eat a duck. <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine is an awesome song, and Guns N' Roses is an awesome band, right? Yep, and if- no, but 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 Matt, Guns N' Roses is a big corporate major label, un band lacking any authenticity whatsoever. Okay, so I I think that like opposite of Miko Mika, whereas I sort of enjoyed this this EP. I, I'm I'm soft pedaling it now in hindsight. I did enjoy this this EP, yeah, you, and you I enjoyed it. No, and no, I wrote it. I and was, I wrote I to you actually. I, all of our our uh, interactions. I probably actually have it somewhere. Um, that you like. I, I will say that you enjoyed it. Let's like you you were for kitten before you were against. <laughs> and I, I I think I actually tweeted out on the TFT podcast um, to uh, Mr. K A L A Mr. Mr. Kala, uh, which I hope is a reference to MIA's record. No, it's K A underscore L A. Um, but uh, uh, I tweeted back to him, hey, I'm listening to this record and I'm enjoying it. And I did, right? I did listen to it and enjoy it. But the opposite of Miko Mika, which like the, li- the live performance, uh, you know, the, the record um, didn't live up to the, to the live performance. Uh, the, um, <laughs> the South by Southwest video, which I saw recently while we were preparing for this show, is... Uh, 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 you know, sort of gave the lie to everything that I liked in the uh, in in the record, right? Like it's it's a lot of like extremely competent uh, backing musicians, and then uh, a a seventeen year old front woman um, who like I don't know, she's no lord. No, and what I think, but I think, and that's uh, you know the. I think what's really striking as we see all of these this press, and I think we can kind of, you know, uh, go right at the heart of what we've been going at here, because um, I think we've been nibbling the edges of this, right? So that, you know, what we kind of deduce from the press coverage um, uh, on on Kitten, and you see this in, I think the Teen Vogue uh, article is kind of the biggest thing that grabs your attention, but there's also, you know. Um, uh, you know, ads are not ads. <laughs> there we go. Uh, interviews, interview advertisements um, in uh, in a bunch of other uh, press, including um, a video uh, interview with um, Carson Daly. Um, and there's a, just a massive kind of press um, uh, coverage of of Kitten that makes you feel, oh, this is a band that's is, that's really coming up. But you you feel that. Um, and I think what we we feel like is that this is a band, um, and you know, again, your read and just um, 
uh, assessment of their website as a, a record label template band um, uh, sorry record label label template um, a website um, you know indicates that this is although they are appearing to kind of come out of the underground um, is very much a band that is being kind of developed as an attempt to engage with things that are coming out of um, of, of underground music but uh, as, as a, a kind of you know, attempt to have a created indie band. I mean, and, and I think we can actually try to dig into this a lot deeper, but there's there's something that to both of us, as we've started to read the press and watch more of the visual material that feels off to us. Right, and sort of um, ruins, ruins my, ruins my um, sort of uh, uh, ignorant enjoyment, when I was ignorant of all this stuff, my enjoyment of the actual, the actual sound of the music, right? Right, and, and I think that, and I guess the point is that there, is, are, a, there are a lot of, and probably more than we may even know, a lot of efforts at play to um, try to make um, Kitten a big thing. And there's a, a question of whether that ship has sailed or whether, you know, there, one possibility is that 2014 will be the year of Kitten. But another possibility, a very real possibility, is that Lord, ha- Lord drank, uh, drank Kitten's milkshake. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and, I, and I mean that, you know, not, but like really in. Like the way, if you go back to, and maybe we might as well just link it uh, in the show notes, uh, the final speech of There Will Be Blood, um, in which Daniel Day Lewis, you know, explains the concept of drainage uh, <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to Paul Dano, right? That, that um, you know, so it's that, you know, to, to recast this, is that, well, well, kitten, you have some bit of artistic credibility, and I have a straw, and my straw reaches from New Zealand. All the way to Los Angeles, and I drink your credibility. I drink it down, um, and so that you know that Lord, as uh, you know, and I think that in some ways, Lord, although Lord is was is no more you know indie, right, 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 and no that's less that's managed. That's than, the thing. Looking at was, this, looking at this website, right? Kitten's EPs go back to 2010 when uh, when Kitten frontwoman Chloe Chidez um, must have been. 14 years old, right? The same, cause she was 17 in 2013 in this teen Vogue thing. And you know, there's the math. Um, that's the same age Lord was right. When she was discovered in New Zealand, uh, uh, by a, you know, A&R, um, uh, person down, down at a talent show or something, something like that. Right. Uh, so so what's what's the difference? What's the difference? And by the way, there was a full court press um there was a full court press uh media wise when Lord when Lord happened, right? And by the way, but, if but, you watch some of the ahead. videos of Lord uh in her live performances, she's doing weird uh, interpretive dances, right? And uh and you know, I don't know, weird, kind of slightly teenagery, honestly, stuff that it's like, oh, this is music, artistic stuff. Uh, the same way that Kitten Frontwoman Chloe Chidez is sort of th- lurching, lurching around the stage, you know, lacking the, uh, I don't know, like lacking 
either the energy. I mean, interesting, like, once you mentioned her, like, arrhythmic lurching, you know, for someone who uh, wanted to, to take a shit all over a sweet child of mine, her dancing, like, looks a lot like Axl Rose having a seizure. Um, <laughs> and, and by the way, right, yeah, and it's sort of, it's sort of unconnected to, it's sort of unconnected to anything. It, there is no one lurching around in the audience, like, the audience yeah, with this. Yeah, like, I mean, it's great to see these, like, disinterested, um, you know, South by Southwest attendees who were either brought there, you know, I think this this showcase was sponsored by Nikon, so they were either promised a free camera or, you know, some other band was playing later. You know, like the Pixies were reuniting, or something like that. <laughs> and, and 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 they got kind of uh, trapped. There. I mean, you, just to see the lack of engagement. Um, you know, like it, you, if you sh- just saw the shots of the people um, in the audience, and were asked to just say, "Where are these people?" Um, you know, based on like their level of like emotional engagement, concentration, uh, etc. I don't think you would say at a rock concert. Um, you, know, you would say like standing in line right. at the DMV. Yeah, all right. They're at the post office, right. and it's the holidays, and they really don't want to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. They're 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 in the TSA screen, screening line uh, at LAX, um, and not the like you know the expert traveler guy, but the the the, the line, but the line for the people with with children, um, and um, yeah, and and so, but I think so. Just I think one one difference is is that yes, there was a media blitz for. Um, for for Lord, but and I think this is revealed a little bit, and it's not quite nailed in this NPR article. But um, uh, I tweeted from the uh, TFT uh, Twitter account uh, this um, uh, NPR article um, titled uh, "Lord Sounds Like Teen Spirit" uh, by Ann Powers. Um, and uh, that uh, kind of talks about the Lord uh, phenomenon. And one of the things that they mentioned is that you know that um, you know at least. You know that the the way that it's described in this article is, uh, and I quote: "After a few months as the new find of early musical adopters, this droll chanteuse uh, became uh, notorious for suggesting that some kids might prefer to stand apart from uh, Pop's endless party." And and this gets back to actually this is a nice kind of cap on this quarter of 2013, um, in that you know w- the we some kids can you know, case, some kids well, can stop and they will stop. Well, but I, and I think, but what is interesting is that we, you know, Matt, you and I were the musical early uh, adopters, early musical adopters that are, are referred to in this in this quote. Right? Oh yeah, that, hey, I, um, I was listening to to Lord since like March, since a BuzzFeed article. Yeah. Uh, tipped but, me I mean, off. What, what that really was, what that BuzzFeed article was, was, I mean, essentially, right? I mean, it's interesting, right? If if Beyonce's album was just like the Tet Offensive, um, in that it had utter surprise and no one expected it coming, you know, the Breaking Lord was kind of like was kind of D Day, right? And the kind of European campaign of World War II, um, in that it yeah, like there was an element of surprise, uh, and that there was a, an initial kind of surprising beachhead gained, right? So that that you and me finding out about Lord. Um, through however we did and however else anyone did um, was much more of a um, a, a uh, I mean maybe it's, it's D-Day or maybe it's more of like even the metaphor is more like a fifth column uh, you know a, a kind of insurgence within a a, uh, a a city in that you know this 
EP shows up um, and it's available, I believe, for free in, in some places, and there's not a lot of context around it. Um, and so the singles can circulate, right? In a way, a now like the well-worn um, method that um, the the Arctic, you know, the arc of the Arctic monkeys, uh, the Arctic monkeys arc um, that we that we discussed earlier, um, and it can start to gain the buzz. Um, and yet, um, and yet, then very quickly, it gets pumped out through the radios, right? And so it's not that, and so it feels as if this is bubbling up organically, but in fact, it, it, it's a tactical strike, right? Right. The, that- the, it's a, it's a what? It's a someone trying to manufacture the organic process. Yes, um, and, and, and totally successfully, right? That um, whereas, um, and and you know, in some ways, distance helped, right? That that the the you know, um, Lord operating from her island lair on the other side of the world um, <laughs> with Rivers Cuomo uh, on Rivers <laughs> Cuomo's island, uh, um, uh, 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 it was was able to, you know. Well, right, because what they could do was they did a, a trial run because I think Lord was a thing in in New Zealand at the beginning of 2013 and not at right. not at the end of it. So right. they could do a, a a trial run of the the media full core press that happened in a much smaller market, um, but uh, you know an analogous market much closer yeah. to the U.S. Um, market than like I don't know Japan and and closer even than than. Uh, uh, France or Germany or the UK because the UK is right. The UK is like an a European music market as much as it is a English speaking music market. Right, 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 um, right. So, I, but and and I think we were able that, but like to the American press, you know, and 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 music consumers, you know, the early adopters. It was hard for us. And I remember when you sent me this. I'm like, it, it it felt as if it came from nowhere. But um, the fact that she was from New Zealand, I was like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is just I don't know the Auckland scene, um, and 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 this is interesting. Um, whereas with um. You know, with with uh, kitten, even though some of the press says they're they're playing these small clubs, you know, they've they've been playing small clubs to no one. Um, there's a feeling that any of these club shows for them were just like the minor leagues, right? And the way that a a baseball player gets drafted into a farm system um, and plays, you know, maybe um, if you're in the Philadelphia Phillies organization, you play in uh, Reading or Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, uh, on your way, working your way up the, you know, single A, double A, triple A circuit until you get pulled up to the majors, up to, up to the Phillies. And you, I, I, it's hard not to see the club dates for, um, for Kitten and then some of the press engagement as this kind of major minor kind of you know pro am um uh attempt to to have it have it both ways and it just i mean and it's it's weird maybe we can close on this it's like why does this matter right yeah yeah that's that's the thing that was the the question that that was a bugging me once I thought that that you know this is really like very similar a very similar template to um uh to Lord I mean right like and and Lord maybe even more so because Lord sort of started on Letterman you know like Lord went straight to Lord went straight to uh, Lord in fact does not have a different kind of buzz yeah (laughs) right um yeah I don't know why why uh 
Why does it matter? Why do you have the, the sense? Well, I think that all things considered, like um, Lord's songs, like and even even looking at the at the EP, which which probably represents earlier work, right? Uh, the Love Club EP from uh, early 2013. Um, it is just better. Like the 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 songwriting is better. I think that the the uh, the sort of electro pop space is is better for innovation, maybe than the than the post punk space sonic innovation. You can do something that sounds different. Uh, you know that has that has a little that has a little novelty. Though of the, I mean. Uh, of the bands, right? Like Kitten is the one that that incorporates the most electronics. There's the occasional synthesizer lead on uh, on the Bleached record, um, and I, you know, and I guess uh, Arctic Monkeys has the the full range of studio production uh, available to them. But like at South by Southwest, there was a uh, you know a fifth member right um of the band beyond guitar bass and drums who was just playing who had a whole rig of synthesizers and was you know was just playing those um though uh, though they're they're still i think referenced to they're still referencing the the sort of rock and roll or punk sound rather than the rather than having the same range the same range of references as as churches and i would include lord uh in that, yeah. in that as well. Well, and I think that that is, I mean, it is interesting, right? That once I, the, the first listen, right? Once um, uh, Mr. KALA suggested Kitten to us and then you um, enjoyed it, I listened to the, um, uh, the EP and you said, hey, hey, should we discuss Kitten next week? I'm like, I, I was like, how about if, if we were to talk uh, like, electro pop um check out and i sent you an email that included a, a variety of bands um oh, yeah all of them uh, we've and, done episodes on by this point now right or most of them not I mean. all of them no, I mean, oh no no, no, no like polisa yeah i wasn't into polisa but but that's where we got churches and i was really into yeah, churches exactly and, and also purity ring the band that we mentioned earlier oh nice nice yeah um, which uh which i actually would like to do at some point um which i think is in some ways very out there um and and i feel like what is i think what one thing that it's it's amazing. I mean, it's the version of electro pop that Kitten is doing feels dated, and not only does it feel dated in that like there is there are a lot of kind of eighties th- synth pop moves uh, in it. I mean, in some ways, the stronger things when it's at its best, it's like pulling in on some of the more electronic sounds of like. Pat Benatar's catalog, um, right? Like songs like We Belong. Um, but that, you know, in some ways, that kind of full band new wave synth pop and, and like the use of that and the, the, the kind of bringing that back um, is something that happened kind of contemporaneous with actually the first incarnation of the arctic monkeys right and so that that kind of that kind of retro is already old and it's not old enough to be retro again right so that the way in which synth pop is being done now and that feels contemporary is is often much more um minimal right and that you know and that's the thing we talked a lot about uh, about a lot on the lord album um is that you know the lord record really smartly dialogues or borrows from um 
a number of um, uh, artists like Grimes uh, or um, or Toon Yards, um, and they, both, these are both mentioned, I think, in the uh, that NPR article um, that you know do a lot with voice manipulation, uh, with you know really you know very kind of very spare beats um, and and you know less of a kind of full band sound. Um, and, and less of a, a connection to any kinds of instrumentation uh, than just like you know I am I am floating in the cloud right and and whereas as as Kitten is a band with synthesizers right in the way that lots of the bands of eighties were kind of you know rock bands or punk bands that picked up synthesizers sure and that's where one feels uh, Kitten being and that that feels you know less I guess. It's just hard. It, it, it gets back to this this thing of it's hard to know how it, you know when when really like chops apart one's micro reactions to something. Well, right, you but know, it's it's also. I mean, I I have the sense that Lord and, and I actually haven't looked at the songwriting credits. Uh, that Lord, though she's working with a a, a producer, obviously, because um, all those songs are are really well produced. Um, that Lord is the author of her songs in a way that um right in a way that uh kitten front woman chloe chidez is not the author of yeah. of kitten songs right that there is a much stronger influence uh there's a much stronger sort of normative influence from maybe the record label that's kind of like mm-hmm. th- this is the direction that we are yeah. right that we are going to go in rather rather than kind of rather than this kind of thing that that emerges i mean it feels more it feels closer to the you know i don't on the continuum that we we uh uh, posited in the f- first episode back uh, in the Lord episode, right? Uh, the authenticity continuum from, I don't know, uh, uh, I forget who was on the indie side, but like Rihanna, right? <laughs> Maybe on the uh, on the super corporate and super produced side, um, right. or My- it, or Miley, right? <laughs> sure. Um, though, uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, th- that uh, that it feels a lot closer to to the Rihanna side than to the I don't know John Darnielle making Casio Casio audio cassettes um, in his bedroom, right? Right. I mean, let's just say there's there's a lot more than a few letters separate, separating kitten from kitty, right? Um, <laughs> right. If if like kitty was at the a far is pretty close to the John Dar- Darnell um, spectrum as well. Um, though though kitty has a studio album and has like been posting on her Tumblr. And by the way, if you don't follow kitty's Tumblr, then you should just unsubscribe to this show because I have nothing to say to you. But uh, like kitty's kitty's Tumblr is is sublime and i love it um uh as is her twitter um yeah oh it's absolutely yeah it's incredible on on her tumblr uh over the holidays she she and her brother were sitting at a holiday party on their phone and say we're sitting at a holiday party um submit pictures submit your selfies of yourself take webcam shots of yourself and send them to us and we'll comment on whether we think you're attractive or not and this is what we will do together this christmas uh that's you know i don't know i i think that's fantastic and i'm very sorry that i didn't go get to see kitty and see her perform her new album at the uh uh twerk rave um but i am i am indeed too old for this shit 
Well, and you know, we're getting too old for this shit right in this moment right now. Uh, this is we've all gotten a lot uh, a bit older just through the course of this podcast. I mean, this is maybe our longest one ever. Uh, we're we're approach, uh, approaching almost the ninety minute mark, um, and uh, and so I think we'll we'll call it there. Um, but thanks uh, to you know to all of our listener, listeners, but especially uh, Mr. K A L A, uh, Chris Morgan, um, and Julia Mathias for uh, for suggesting these three, uh, which I think gave us an interesting you know discussion of um, you know uh, it led us in directions that we wouldn't necessarily go, but also to some um, connections that connected both um, across the Arctic monkeys bleached. Um, and uh, and and kitten, um, and then back to the kind of you know the main uh, the main uh, body of work uh, and 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 themes uh, in this podcast. So thank you all for uh, for listening and for suggesting and contributing. Um, and we'll be back uh, in the next few weeks with a few other uh, listener suggested um, uh, episodes. So uh, until then, uh, keep listening, keep commenting on uh, on on Twitter uh, and the show notes, and we will uh, see you in 2014. <laughs>